Hey everyone, welcome to Recovering You. This is a podcast that will take you through a step-by-step guide of what you can expect when you enter into a world of recovery from addictive and compulsive behaviors. You are here to learn how to change, and we are here to give you the tools to get there. All right, man, I'll say it again. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Dallin, are you ready? Ready to rumble! <laughs> Dude, because, okay. So so here's, here's Dallin and I uh, sitting here listening to like these motivational amp up uh, songs on Spotify stuff that are like speeches and music put together. And we're sitting here getting like psyched up, like sitting in the locker room and the coach is like screaming at us at halftime and unlocking our true potential. And I got to say that that is exactly what our intention is with you guys today. This episode is all about power. It is all about what you are capable of. And in this episode, there's actually a part of me a big part of me, I want to break you. Now, not all of you. I don't want to break you in the negative sense. I want to break that part of you that is weak in faith, that is weak in hope, that is weak in control and weak in love for yourself. I want to break these weaknesses. I want to shatter them and have you throw them in the garbage and get rid of them. Because what the whole intention of, of this episode is about unlocking your true purpose, your true power, your true ability to change and have hope and believe in yourself again. I want to show you the real you, the amazing you, the driven you, the beautiful you, the powerful you. And if you don't love who you are in this moment, we're going to try and change that today. If you don't believe that you can change, we're going to change that today. Let's change that today. If you don't believe that you are loved, we are definitely going to change that today. Because those are things that I can absolutely promise you, that you are loved, that you are capable of change, that you are powerful, and that you can do this. Whatever struggles you are going through in your life, whatever hard times, financial, addiction, schooling, work, sickness, whatever you're going through, I promise you, there can still be hope on the horizon. There can still be the possibility for things to get better for you. You are not finished in this fight. And that is what we are here to talk about today. Dallin, thank you for coming back. Welcome to the show. I'm excited, man. Well, I'm pumped. Let's get this bread. (laughs) Real quick plug. If you guys didn't listen to last week's episode with Maurice and you're listening to this, if you, especially if you have children or if you are leaders of youth, please go listen to that. It was such an awesome example of how to have those vulnerable, difficult conversations like talking about, uh, you know, the birds and the bees, the sex talk, or creating an environment where your kids or the youth can come to you and say they've had issues with pornography or with molestation or with drugs or with rape or, or suicidal thoughts. All these things that are problems in America, the best place for kids to be able to get help with that is within the walls of their own home and for them to feel safe, to open up about such serious things, that environment has to be created by you. So uh, if you haven't listened to that, please go do so. It was, it was awesome. Maurice was awesome. 
So here we go. Let's 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 get into this uh, this power episode. So we're 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 gonna start out. Let's just talk about power in general. Like what what is power? What gives you power? Where does it come from? I'm I'm a big fan of the the definition concept of you know in in order to to dig into these things, and uh, I, I looked up the definition of power and. Uh, it says the capacity or ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or the course of events. I, I, I love this concept of the capacity to direct or influence. Um, when, when we talk about power and we talk about influence, um, I want to focus on our, our power and the ability we have to direct or influence the trajectory of our own lives. A lot of people feel and see themselves as a victim of their circumstances, that that's just their life. And they just have to accept that that's just how life is going to be for them. But what I love is when I get into like these motivational videos and these motivational speeches and the greatest stories that we get to hear and that we love, like everyone loves hearing these stories are these people that say, uh, that tell the stories of how they came from nothing, how they came from hardship, from from living on the streets, and and then they're self-made millionaires, and they're successful, and they're influential, and they go around doing good and and helping other people. We thrive off of this stuff, and why do we thrive off of it? Because they are the outliers, and we love the outlier stories. We love the stories that prove to us that okay, maybe there is hope. Maybe there is the possibility for me to do something like this and then nothing changes and that's what i want to get into today is why is nothing changing why are we not taking those steps and jumping both feet in cannonballing into this new lifestyle of i'm going to be healthier i'm going to be more fit i'm going to eat better i'm going to break out of my addiction i'm going to be more financial financially stable we, we love these stories and yet we're not doing them for ourselves. Mm. I mean, and maybe some of you are, and, and if you are, that is, that is amazing. I was not when, when I was, when I was in my hardcore addiction, I was really doing the bare minimum to get by. And therefore I had very little power. I had almost no power over my, my ability to change uh, my belief and hope in what was possible for me so hey, can i can i hop in there yes i i'm gonna hard disagree with you cameron oh right? okay dude yes i love it hard All right, disagree, disagree ready you're that's against the rules when you're a guest on a podcast but whatever <laughs> so what, what was the definition of power you gave again uh it was the capacity to influence or direct the behavior of others or the course of events Okay, so the power or capability to influence others, essentially, right? And I've heard your story. I know your story. We've talked about your story. Yeah. It's an incredible one. But I would venture to say that you maintained power throughout that story in other ways, though, in negative ways. Interesting. Okay, proceed. Because I'm curious to see where you're going to go with this. You, unfortunately, like me, like many people in the throes of addiction, exercised power in a way that hurt people in a in a significant way right in my experience i don't work with people including myself i don't work with people who don't have innate incredible power 
to be influencers. The problem is, is that power can be shifted to either side. Referring to the dark side you are. Exactly. Right. <laughs> Every single person I work with is the chosen one. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. And I, I, uh, I fully accept your disagreement. Keep going. That we have that power. It's not whether or not we're going to be inert and inconsequential in the grand plan, the grand scheme of things. Instead, it is that we will absolutely be influential. It just depends on which side you want to be on, what team you want to be participating on, whose jersey you're going to put on, because there's a war going on, and Cameron is powerful. And both sides know this. Both sides are wanting Cameron as a, a, a round one draft pick, right? <laughs> Dude, yeah. Put me on a pedestal here. <laughs> I will, I'm also in a round one. I think any man yeah. who has the priesthood is a round one draft pick. Absolutely. Any woman who understands her value and worth and her capability, that's a round one draft pick. Why, how do I always end up with football metaphors with you? I don't watch football. I, I don't know either. <laughs> but this power, we can either be instruments or we can be weapons. It just depends on whose hands we want to hop into whose whose hands we want to let guide us I, so this power of we're going to talk about some really positive powers right we're, and we're starting with the power of change i just wanted to make it clear that um it's not you have power or you don't it's what you're using that power for because everybody here listening to this podcast has immense power to change and influence the people around them and it can be either positively or negatively. You've just got to make that decision. And so if we dig into these ones you're talking about, power of change, power of hope, et cetera, then you can start being an instrument rather than a weapon that hurts people. I love that. I, I love that you disagreed with me. And I love that you pointed that out. I, I think that is absolutely awesome. And it gave me this imagery I used to refer to all the time of being in the middle of a tug of war that uh, I had angels and demons pulling on me and the way that my life would go would be the way that I would choose to lean in that tug of war, the way that I would yeah. choose. To pull. It, it wasn't how hard either side was pulling it. It was all left up to which side am I going to pull toward? Cause that's the side that's going to end up winning that tug of war. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you pointed that out and, and, um, and disagreed with me there. So yes, we, we do have immense power, whether it be for good or for the dark side, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I remember once sitting in a uh, disciplinary council to be disfellowshipped, and I, I remember pleading and begging, and, and what I said was, I said, I want my Alma experience. And if, for those of you that may not know who Alma, Alma the Younger was, he's, um, he's a man in the Book of Mormon that made significant changes in his life and went from being a hardcore evil sinner to being a, a prophet and someone that changed the lives and the, the course of, of history. And, um, and, and it's one of the, it's one of the greatest comeback stories in, I would say in just about any sort of literature, his story is fantastic. And so I sat there and, and, and I did not understand the weight of the words that I was saying when I said, I want my Alma experience, because when I say that 
at that time, all I thought was I want the opportunity to suffer for a little bit and then turn my life around at the flip of a switch. Because that, <laughs> that's who wouldn't happened. want that. Yeah, right. You know, Alma the Younger, according to if you if you read that story, was basically taken away into a vision for three days where he suffered immensely. And then when he woke up, he repented and was this prophet, you know, like it, it goes really quick. But if you dig deeper into real life, when you start to see this as a real life character, then you start to understand, okay, when I say I want the Alma experience, you're saying, I want the full recognition and uh, of, of the wrongs that I've done. And I want to take full responsibility for my wrongdoings. And then after that, I want to then go to work on myself and on others. And I want to have the ability to influence and undo the wrongdoings that I've done. And that does not mean that Alma the Younger was never tempted to do evil again. That doesn't mean that he was, he never struggled with his testimony. That never, that it, it doesn't say that he, he never asked why he was out there wandering in the wilderness and why he was going to these towns and why he, and, and then you, then you dig even deeper and you're like, there's, you know, that there were people that were like, I'm not going to listen to you. You're not a prophet. You tried to kill me. You tried to break my testimony. You tried to tear us apart. Why would I ever listen to you? And for the amount of humility that he must have had to go through and the amount of just being beaten down emotionally and he still had to stick to the fact that this was all part of his process of change and that he, he had the power to continue on with that journey or, or he could have, he could have given up and gone back to the way that he was before. And it was a day by day decision. And it was all up to him, what he decided to do. So now when I tell people, I want that Alma, the younger experience, I'm telling people, I want the ability to change my life and fight for it every single day and undo the wrongs that I've done and understand them so completely that when my judgment day comes, I will be able to look back and say, I, I got the opportunity to live the kind of lifestyle and have, have the kind of story that existed only in scriptures. Because when I look at my story of change, that's what I see now. And, and, and I'm by no means referring to myself as any sort of prophet or any sort of, you know, spiritual being. What I, what I see, though, is the comparison of how epic my story is. And this is an opportunity to look at your life and see how epic your story is. If you in this moment or if you in the past have had an opportunity to say, I want to change. I'm going to take this step toward a better life. You have experienced this Alma the Younger story. You have had the opportunity and the power to change. And that is awesome. And that is something that should not be taken for granted. So that, yeah. that, that's my little spiel on, uh, on the power of change. You have the power. Yeah. You absolutely do. Just aim it. Right? If we look at um, Alma the Younger, he had so much power, so much influence before he changed. He was, that was why he was causing his father so much heartache because he was destroying the church. Absolutely. Just that was his sole purpose. It. Yeah. He, it was his evil passion project. He was killing it. <laughs> and so when, when you have that change of heart and you just aim that power in a better direction, all of a sudden you are amazing. You are awesome. 
in this story, it's all of a sudden, right? But um, in our own lives, it takes time. It yeah. takes effort and sacrifice and recommitting all the time. You can't just, it, it's not just a one-time deal. I love that you brought that up about, we can infer that, that Alma, the younger, did not have one big moment where he changed and never had any temptation to go back or never think, struggled this is again. Life was, this paradise. is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was so hard and to deal with the guilt of his consequences uh, of his actions prior to changing prior to making that choice was really difficult, but I'm sure one thing we can learn from Alma's experience is that the Lord supports those who turn around who make a 180 in their life and decide, Hey, I'm going to, to change and, and be better tomorrow than I was today. He absolutely supports us in that. So Amen now, that. now I want to, I want to jump into hope. I love, you know, there, there's not a lot of things that you can really love about like Hollywood anymore. <laughs> Cause they, they're doing, there's a lot of things going, going wrong there. Um, however, there is still kind of that protagonist um, story that shows up in in all like the the, the superhero movies or the, uh, the the emotional and influential movies. But I, I let, let's go back to like the 80s, 90s and early 2000s of like like Rocky Balboa or um, Superman or things like that, that you get the, these elements of of hope. And it always comes when these people are at like their greatest distress or the greatest moments of potential loss that they they're, they're down for the count. Let's, let's use Rocky as an example in every single movie without fail in his final match, Rocky always seems to be down for the count, right? There's always that moment where, where it looks like Rocky's going to lose, and then, then, you know, he always goes to his corner and he gets that pep talk and the music starts to come in and he stands up and you just start to get jazzed up and the hope starts and he starts fighting back and you start, you start to believe that this victory is possible. That feeling that you get when you watch something like that is, is hope. And for a lot of people that are struggling with addiction for a lot of people that are are down on their luck the thing that they are lacking most is hope they mm -hmm. don't believe that there is any possibility for them to get anything better than where they're at in their life that that is their full potential um and and that is so tragic and so heartbreaking and so what i am here to say is do not give up hope. Do not give up the belief that there is still something better out there for you because God does not abandon his children to be miserable for their entire lives. And when you are down on your hope and when you are down on your faith and when you, when you are not believing that there is anything better out there for you and you start to feel like you're drowning, hope comes from that decision to reach up and grasp onto something greater than yourself and hold on to that possibility in order for the hope to grow. It is a seed being planted that needs time and it needs care. It needs light. It needs nourishment. And that hope will grow. I don't think there's anything more heartbreaking <laughs> than seeing someone 
give up hope. And I think it comes, um, to me, it comes from empathy because I've been in a place that feels hopeless. I've been in a place where you don't know if there's a way out, that you don't know how bad it's going to be, but you know it's going to be bad. But having been there, having done that, why not choose the alternative to have hope, to wish and act as if things can change, as if things can get better, even if they don't immediately. It's worth fighting for. It's worth trying just for the journey, just to try. Down, you, you just took a second there and just like totally invited just peace into the conversation. And I, I love what you said there. Um, yeah, just it, it's, it's worth just trying. I mean, why, why give up? Why decide that, that you're done when, I mean, the alternative is just as viable an option. You can give up or you can try. I mean, you probably already tried giving up. <laughs> yeah. That didn't go so well. Thank you for sharing that. So you got it, dude. Yeah, man. So yeah, when it when it when it comes to uh to hope, when when you start to finally have that momentum of hope, um, because you've put forth a, a, just a little bit of effort and you've seen a little bit of success, it is a dude. It's a powerful experience. Mm. It's an awesome experience to witness. To believe again. Yeah. Believe that you can change. And and I I love when I love when a new person comes to group who when you ask them, and we're gonna go over uh, affirmation questions and power statements in just a little bit, but when you ask them uh, when they come to that meeting for the first time and you go, Hey, why are you awesome? And their eyes fall to the floor. And they go, I don't think I am awesome. There's nothing awesome about me. To have then a, men, a room full of men go one by one and say, this is why I believe you're awesome. You're awesome because you showed up and you chose to come here instead of acting out in your addiction. You're awesome because you care about the well-being of your family and your children. You're awesome because you care about your eternal salvation and soul. And to to have the to see the start the the startlings of belief and hope in the eyes of someone who is completely defeated might be one of the most powerful experiences you can have as a human being. It's not even what happens within yourself. It's to what to witness someone else begin to believe that there is hope for themselves is beautiful and it's awesome to witness. So uh, the same thing happens when, when someone has come in after a, a high numbers and they've relapsed and they're just like, man, I'm, I'm back at zeros on my numbers. And to, to build them up again and remind them of how far they've come and how awesome of a job they've done and, and who they've become in the past few months or years that they've been doing this program or that they've been working on change. Dude, just epicness to the max. It is so cool to witness <laughs> and so cool to be a part of, which is why I love these recovery programs. So, um, and, and that, that actually segues in nicely to what I want to talk about next, which is, which is the power of connection. Uh, the, these groups 
that is why they are so powerful because they offer this knowledge that you are not alone in your struggles, that you are, you are not the only one in this fight and that other people care about how you're doing. Other people want you to win and other people are not going to give up on you if you fail. I love, I think power of hope and power of connection go hand in hand. Yeah. Specifically because um, hopelessness to me often is accompanied by loneliness, isolation and group. Group dispels those myths. Those myths of I am a special case. I can never be fixed. I can never change. I will have this problem, whatever it may be, for the rest of my life. Group all of a sudden slaps you down on this weird island with a bunch of other addicts and says, here's some common ground. Yeah. Grow and build together. And um, it is an awesome and beautiful thing to connect on common ground because everybody's different. Everybody has a different fight, a different journey that they have to go through. Cameron and I's journey is very different. And yet, you know, I feel a, a brotherhood and a kinship with him and with everyone that I work with because of common ground. You can find common ground with anyone. And if you focus on that ground, your connection deepens so dramatically. Whereas Satan really wants us to focus on the things that make us different, the things that make us unique, because that that gives us reason to isolate, to say, well, he'll never understand what I'm going through. We're, we're too different. And then we lose that power of being a team, of having support for one another. We lose that power as soon as we start to isolate. Yeah. So in order to access this power, uh, a, a lot of this comes from again, we, all these kind of go back to choice. You know, these are all kind of choices. Um, I mean, it's your choice to, to decide to change. It's your choice to try in order to have hope. It's your choice to connect with someone else and to tell them your story and to be vulnerable and allow yourself to be seen as an imperfect human being. You know, so what? Congratulations, you're human. Mm -hmm. that, that doesn't make you weaker. It, it makes you relatable. It, it makes you someone that other people can talk to. And the greatest thing that I have found through telling my story is that my friendships are more genuine. My, my familial relationships, I'm not trying to hide myself from my family and, and hide who I am. Every single person in my family knows that I have and ha or had an addiction to pornography. They all know it. And, and I, don't, I don't hide that. I'm not ashamed of it because and I, I'm, I'm proud of who I've become. And even though it may be still kind of an uncomfortable thing for some people in my family to talk about on either side, it's still something that I believe I have earned the respect of every single member of my family of a visual example of what happens to a life that changes, of what happens to a path that diverts from um, self-destruction to salvation. Yeah. And, and all that comes through, you know, connection and vulnerability. And just like, just like Dallin was saying, if, if you feel like you are the exception <laughs> and not to tell you, you're not special because you as an individual are special um, and your story 
I guarantee is similar to thousands of others. Whatever your hardship may be, whatever your grief or your sickness or, um, or your addiction or your struggles in life may be, there is someone out there who's going through a very similar thing. We and, all have common ground. Yeah, we all have common ground. And I love that. I love that you painted that picture of being put on an island with a bunch of other people that are like, hey, we're all <laughs> we're all here for the same reason. Yeah, we might all have gotten there in different ways, yep. but uh, might as well get to work. All right, let's uh, let's let's jump into to the next one, which um, I, I, I heard this quote. In, uh, actually, it was in that, that song we, or that uh, motivational speech we were listening to before this. Uh, and it said, uh, there is nothing more powerful than a made-up mind. And I, I love this idea because when you make up your mind on something, you are unwavering in that. And it takes, it takes a huge force of change to get you to divert from that. So when we decide to recover when we commit to it. And then we're going to talk about the power of commitment and drive. When we commit ourselves to a different lifestyle and we make up our mind that this is going to be the new us, that nothing is going to change that. And that we are willing to get rid of things in our lives that would alter that new course, that we are willing to become an entirely new individual in order to suit the desires of our hearts that we have decided between us and heavenly father. And we've said, this is who I want to be. What do I need to do to get there? Okay. I'm going to do it. When we are of that mindset, then we will not be diverted from that path. Though those men that I see come through the program, those people that, that have told me about their stories of change, they're, they're not people that said, Oh, I used to kind of struggle with this. And then one day it went away. That that's that I've never heard that story. It has never come up. These stories have always come from people that have said, I used to be a drug addict. And, uh, and that there's actually a guy that lives in my town that I'm a, I'm a great friend with. And I hope someday to have him on the podcast because he's got an incredible story. But he, he used to be a, a meth addict and he was extremely obese and he was miserable. And he decided one day that, that he didn't want that to be a story anymore. And so he fought and worked every single day in order to turn his life around. And it was a constant struggle and he committed to a different way of life. And he is by far the most almost frustratingly, intoxicatingly positive and just outgoing and outstanding guy that I know. Like just being around him, everybody seems to brighten up. Everybody seems to be happier and friendlier because he is kind to everyone, regardless of where they're at in their life. He is honest and vulnerable with everyone who is willing to come up and talk to him. And it's, it's so funny because when, when you go to soccer games, you can pick this guy out because there's a crowd around him every single time. People literally, and I'm, I'm not making this up, they line up to go say hi to him. And I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people because I love shaking this man's hand because yeah, every get this time guy I do, on the show. Yeah. Every time I do, I'm reminded of the power of a person who has committed to a different way of life, to a better way of life. So I want to talk about why, why there is nothing more powerful than a made up mind, because I'm sure you can relate to this. 
I can relate to this. Uh Anyone who's had an addiction can relate to this, that you have made up your mind to never do that thing ever again. And then you did it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So how is a made up mind the most powerful thing? If you make up your mind and your willpower is not enough and you relax. And I think it stems from not the fact that once we make up our mind, we will never mess up again. But once we make up our mind, we will never quit. Even if we do lose. Say that again. Say it one more time. One more time. (laughs) Please. No, I'm, I'm serious. Say that one more time. The power of making up our mind does not come from the fact that we will never mess up again, that we will never fail again. It comes from the fact that we will never quit. I love that. After my last lost battle, it was really hard, but I had a moment and an epiphany of this very concept where I realized that no matter what happened in the future, even if I messed up a hundred more times in my lifetime, Satan never wins. He never wins in my life because I have found out that I get back up, that I do not stay down, not even for a moment, and that I'm unwilling to stay down. And so relapses, they become blips in a, in a life full of good, a life full of fulfillment and joy and happiness because I'm unwilling to allow them to be more because I've made up my mind, not that I will never ever do this again, which I do have that commitment, right? That I will, that I will fight. But more importantly, I have the commitment that I will never ever give up, even if I get knocked down. And that to me is way more powerful. That takes out, that takes out his entire plan, right? That he may win a skirmish here and there, but you win 99% of the battles and you win the war. Absolutely. Because you've, you've made up your mind to be on that team, no matter what happens, that's where that power comes from. Dude, that was awesome. And that, that led perfectly into what I want to, the, the last power that I want to talk about, which is the power to fight back. When I got into recovery, the reason that I gravitated so hard toward this program the, the Men of Moroni program is because never before had I been told or been led to believe that I had the, the ability to actually fight back, that I could mm. swing back at Satan, mm. that I could get back up and, and shove back. I had always believed that it was kind of just like, okay, well, you just need to weather the storm. You need to withstand the winds. Never had I been told, no, 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 you can walk headfirst into those winds. You can fight those winds. You can scream back at the winds and eventually you will not just survive the storm, but you will withstand it and you will resist it and you will become eventually more powerful than the storm. Um, you become the storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there, isn't there a, a, a famous quote about that? Like, yeah, Satan whispers, you won't withstand the storm. The warrior whispers back. I am the storm. I am the storm. <laughs> so, um, to, to segue kind of into our, our power statements and affirmations, I, I want to, uh, to give people an idea of how we fight back. Like what is in our arsenal that we can fight back with. And so to today, the, the, and this changes on a regular basis. You should never just fight with the same weapon all the time. Um, I have regular 
arguments um, where I, I get in Satan's face when he tries to tempt me, where I, I stand up and I fight back. And today, the thing that came to my mind was, uh, dude, you had your chance to beat me and you failed. And now that I know who I am and what I'm capable of, you will never win. You will never be able to beat me. And just like you were saying a minute ago, you might knock me down. You might get in a few blows here and there, but I am so driven in this recovery, in this new lifestyle. I am so driven toward my God that I cannot and will not be stopped. Mm. It's not going to happen. And so now the power is out of Satan's hands. Yeah. Satan is incapable of defeating me. So I, I have already chosen my final destination and there are always going to be bumps and dips and mountains and everything along the way. Nobody travels in a straight line, hmm. but the final destination is a fixed point in my mind that will not be deviated from. Yeah. So I, uh, I love the analogy of a path or a road to recovery. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think we want the simplified Alma the Younger experience where <laughs> I'm on this really crappy, bumpy road of addiction. And all of a sudden I hop off and I get onto this parallel freeway that's just, you know, recently paved, smooth sailing here on out. It's like a gondola. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It runs, but it runs parallel, right? It's, right. it's completely different. That's not, that's not reality. Reality is, <laughs> it's right here. The reco recovery is right here. And we don't hop on to a different one. We just make slight adjustments. And then we are constantly having to re-divert back to that path of recovery, right? We are constantly having to tilt our, uh, our steering wheel back onto the center of the road um, and overcome that natural man. And that's what the power of commitment is all about that power of drive. It's not, I will never ever deviate and mess up again in any category because I am committed to this destination. No, it's as soon as I make, I'm committed that as soon as I make a mistake, I am turning my wheel back and I am catching things as quick as I can and making changes as fast as I can, because I am committed to driving there in the, in the best way possible, but I'm going to love this journey. I'm going to I'm going to have a great road trip on the way there, but it's going to be adventurous for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So when, when we go to groups and stuff, whenever we start, we ask people their numbers and we ask them some uh, affirmation statements. Mm. Um, so I want to go through a couple of those before we finish up here. And for those of you that are listening, if you are in your car by yourself, answer out loud. I mean, don't, don't feel silly about it. I mean, who's going to hear you? Like, there's, there's really no reason to feel silly about it, but get used to answering out loud. Get used to hearing yourself say these things to, to mm -hmm. answer why you are fighting, to answer why you are awesome. And I do this even to my kids. You know, they're not in addiction recovery. They, they're, not, they're not struggling with those kinds of things, but I believe there is, again, here's that word again, there is power in understanding why you are awesome. And I ask my kids that all the time. I'm like, why are you awesome? And, you know, their, their answers are pretty simple you know, because I was kind today. That is awesome. 
mm-hmm. because I, I cleaned up my room without being asked. That is awesome. Finding these reasons of why you are awesome. It doesn't have to be for the epic story. We're looking for the everyday reasons of why you are awesome. If you got up and you knelt down to pray, you are awesome. Yeah. So what if, if you got up and went to a job that you don't love going to and you went there because your obligation is to provide for your family and it doesn't make you happy, but you do it while you also seek another path to find happiness for yourself, you are awesome. If you did the dishes for your spouse, you are awesome. These are all things that if you went out of your way to do something positive, give yourself an I am awesome statement. Write it on your mirror. Say it out loud to yourself. And if, like I said, if you are alone right now, even if you're not alone, look at the person next to you and be like, you want to know why I'm awesome? And tell them because it's not bragging. It's acknowledging positive things about yourself. And that's what most people think is, I don't want to say I am awesome statements because it yeah. makes me look conceited and prideful. No, no, it doesn't. That, that is a false, false belief. It does not make you prideful. It's counterintuitive though, right? That uh, we would, in a, in a group about addiction, overcoming addiction, we come in and the first question we answer is why we are awesome. Yeah. It seems, it's, it seems a little funky, but to me, it's about recognizing the good in ourselves and then focusing on that good because we spend so much time in lies in the filth that Satan is, is throwing at us every day that as soon as you recognize I am awesome because of this, all of a sudden you want to do more of that. You want to be that thing more truly, more purely, more consistently in your life. You want to be awesome. And so as you express I am awesome because of this. And someone's like, yeah, that is awesome. You're like, oh yeah, it is awesome. And then you're like, tomorrow I'm going to do it again. So (laughs) Because I feel so good. Because I feel so good, right? So it's not about patting ourselves on the back. It's about encouraging ourselves to recognize the good in ourselves and then follow that good and then build upon that good and and do more good in our lives. So real, real life example. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you an example and then we'll move on to the next question. So the other, uh, two days ago, I had a surgery that canceled. And so I, I got a little bit of work done that I needed to do. And, and then my wife texted me and said, uh, just how terrible of a headache she had. And she had all three of the kids and they were at this play thing. And she was just like, I, I'm struggling so bad. And so I could have. And, and I, wait, I, I thought of my options here. I could have stayed at work and I could have avoided going and, uh, you know, taking my kids off her hands and giving her a break and stuff. And she never would have known the difference, you know. But the choice that I made was, okay, where are you? Stay there. I'm, I'm just finishing up at work. I will be there in 25 minutes. And so I met her at Goodwill. And then I took all the kids. I sent her home. And I took the kids and I kept them out of the house for the next four hours, just going to, uh, we went and got some basketball stuff for my daughter that's going to be doing a basketball camp. We went and got Froyo. We went to a park. Like we, we did these things in order to give her the time to go home and sleep. And she slept for like four and a half hours and it was, it was what she needed. And so yeah. I am awesome because I showed up for my wife. I chose to give my wife the break that she needed. And I served her and that, that made me awesome. And again, this isn't me saying I'm a better husband than anyone else. And it's not me saying I'm prideful in any way, 
but I showed up and, and my wife was grateful for that. And that made me awesome. So, okay. This yeah. is, you are awesome. Well, by the you. way, you are so awesome. This illustrates a point though, that is um, so important in my mind and kind of um, combats a pet peeve I have a little bit, right? So earlier you talked about like getting in Satan's face and kind of like arguing and, and fighting with him verbally. Yeah. And to me, that is a great first step, but it is nothing if you don't take the next step, right? If you just get all riled up and you're like, yeah, get the hence Satan, etc. He doesn't care. You've done nothing. But you took it a step further and you said, Satan, watch this. <laughs> watch me serve my wife right now she's going through a hard time i am on the other team and i'm just about to score all the goal units touchdown <laughs> hole in one touchdown three point shot etc oh. i'm gonna do all of it right now and you have to watch because you messed with me and it's kind of sadistic, but I freaking love that, dude. When you don't leave it at, I'm fighting for this. I'm awesome because of this. I'm not going to quit because of this. Take it one step further and say, now that you've messed with me, I'm going to make you regret it. I'm going to make you literally shake in your boots, your non-literal boots, every time you mess with me, because you know that that's going to trigger this reaction where I go do something good for someone else because that's who I am. Just, just to punish you for messing with me. Love that. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, okay, last question uh, that, that I'm going to present. I don't know if you have any other ones, but we're going to do the why are you fighting and why don't you just give up question. This is something that we like to ask people on a regular basis because um, it should be a, a, an ever-changing, ever-evolving statement because we're always, we should always be fighting for multiple things. And depending on where we're at in life, there's different things we're fighting for. This is something that everybody should be able to answer, addict or not. This, is, this isn't a question for addicts. This is a question for human beings that want to be better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. Why, why are you fighting? And, and you might be thinking, well, I, I'm not, I have nothing to fight for. Well, that would be the biggest lie ever. I mean, think about it. We all have things we fight for. One of the most instinctual things for men to say when they first get into the program is I'm fighting for my family. I, I'm, I'm fighting for my wife and my kids and I, I'm fighting to have a good relationship with them. And that, that is, that is awesome. And that is very noble. And you'll start to notice that as things evolve, that that question or that answer starts to turn away from I'm fighting for my family to I'm fighting to be the man that my family needs to provide for them and instill an atmosphere of righteousness and an example of leadership and vulnerability and honesty in the home. And the, those may have sounded similar to you, but they're, they're very different because when you are fighting for something else that is um, interchangeable, for instance, if you're fighting for your wife and she divorces you, you've lost your reason for fighting. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are fighting to be a man that is worthy of the love of a spouse, then all of a sudden you're fighting for yourself. And if for some reason a, a divorce happens, which is very tragic, 
your your reason for fighting has not changed. You are still fighting to be a man that is worthy of love hmm. and to be that example and to live that kind of lifestyle. So when you think of your reason for fighting, remember to tailor that that reason to your ability to increase in power, your ability to um, come closer to salvation and righteousness, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, I'll, I'll just give one more example and then uh, I'll, I'll wrap it up for myself here. I fight to be a constant of constantly available instrument in heavenly father's hands to help others. Mm -hmm. When, when someone is in distress and needs help, I need to be at a place of righteousness and worthiness and connectedness to the spirit that when they say, Hey, I'm going through a hard time. I'm not the one that says, I'm sorry, I can't be there for you. I'm not at a good place in my life, or I'm not worthy to come over and give you this sort of counsel. I hold myself to a standard that I can show up for someone that says, I don't know what to do here. And Heavenly Father can instantly go, I know who to send to you for this. Yes. Cameron is the guy that can step in and he will be the one to not only show up, but he will give you that example and that power to get back on your feet and to keep going. And you are not out of this fight, but. <laughs> Snaps the mic in half. Dude, it gets me so amped up to know that a deity, a God would say, I know who to send to my child who's in distress in order to help them out because they're feeling lost. They're feeling hopeless. They feel like there's no reason for them to live anymore. No reason for them to fight that they're just giving up. And then for him to, for him to say, Cameron, you're the guy for this step into their life and be that example. There's nothing more humbling and nothing more honorable that I could be doing with my life than to be that instrument. And so I maintain that. And I, I, that is one of my constant reasons for fighting. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Cameron is not a gazelle. Cameron <laughs> is a lion because Cameron is running towards something with his reasons for fighting. He is not running away from shame or guilt or his past life. He is running towards something. And it is so easy to run away, but become a lion like Cameron that runs towards something that is driven to get somewhere and is not driven by fear of what's chasing you, but instead is, is so driven towards fighting something. And I think you can reframe your reasons for fighting um, in a simple way to change it from this uh, this I'm running away from fear towards to instead I'm running towards something good, something awesome. Um, I, I love talking about motivation and this question, why am I fighting in the context of a, of a fire metaphor that's brought up in like dragons, they fight. Maurice talks about how we have kindling and we have big logs. We have different sizes of motivation in our lives. And some of them are short-term and designed to burn hot and fast. And others are long-term, right? I fight for my family is a big old long-term log. It's a big honker of a log. Yeah. Right. 
um, when I have, when I work with 14 year olds who are like, I fight for my future wife. Okay. That's a log that's not even been cut down from the tree yet. (laughs) (laughs) So trying to light that on fire is not going to go super well. (laughs) So sometimes we need that hot, fast motivation, right? I fight because I want to pass the sacrament this Sunday. I fight because we have a temple trip scheduled at the end of this month and I am going to be there, right? I fight because today my wife is not doing well and I want to be an available tool today. These short-term goals, they end, yeah, they burn hot, they burn fast, but they get you there, their motivation. And then as you build those and build those, you can start throwing on the logs. Like I fight for my family and some of the bigger things. Yeah. But, but sometimes it really requires us to do some short-term motivation that burns hot, burns fast and gets us moving. And lastly, I wanted to say, if you are in a place we talked about earlier, where you are feeling hopeless, sometimes the question, why are you fighting can be a disheartening one because you don't have answers like Cameron said. But recently Maurice taught me that we can ask the question, why have you not quit? Mm. What is, what is keeping you in this fight at all? Why have you not thrown in the towel? And when you start to look at it that way and answer that question, sometimes it can help you reframe um, your reasons for fighting. So I, I invite you, if you are feeling hopeless right now, ask yourself, why have I not quit? What is keeping me in this fight? And hold on to that and build on that and keep going. Can I share one more thing before we go? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You told me to bring out all the motivation guns. So I, I brought one. All right. Going with this theme of being an instrument, being a, being a tool versus being a weapon and how exercising our power is totally up to us. It's up to our choice. Um, there's a, there's kind of a series of quotes. I mean, it's more like a template rather than a, a direct quote, but it's, it's about choosing our heart, right? So marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Obesity is hard. Being physically fit is hard. Choose your heart. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your heart. Hmm. Addiction is hard. Recovery, also hard. Choose your heart. So life is never going to be easy. That's something we can absolutely know. That it's going to be difficult. That it's going to be hard. But you get to choose how that heart manifests in your life. So choose the one you want. It's such a great way to, to cap off this episode. Uh, I, I love that. Choose your heart. For, for those of you listening, I, I really hope that you have found your, your hope and your, your desire to, to change and your ability to change. And I, I hope that we have reinstilled if you were, if you were lacking it, um, but I, I hope that we have reminded you and reinstilled that belief that you are loved not only by your father in heaven, but by your friends, by your family, that you have purpose. I hope that we have reminded you that you are not out of this fight, that you do not have to give up. And that just because things are difficult and hard right now does not mean that that is, that is the final destination. You can win. You can change. There is hope. Do not give up. Do not quit. Show up for people. Choose your hard. And if you need a little help, choose a team to go with you. If you 
need someone on your team, you've already got two guys right here that would at the drop of a hat be on your team. Just this last week, uh, I had someone reach out and say they, they wanted to talk to, uh, to Dallin, and I believe they did reach out to Dallin um, about a friend that was on his mission and was struggling. And so I sent him Dallin's information. He said, all right, I reached out to him. Um, now the ball's in, uh, in his court on uh, whether he wants to change or not. He showed up for his friend. He provided, he, he was an instrument in Heavenly Father's hands to provide a solution to a struggle that his friend was having. He didn't fix the problem. He was what was needed and he did his part. And Dallin was on his team and I was on his team. He went through both of us to get to that friend to help him out. We love helping people. It is ingrained in our spirits to help out our brothers and sisters and it lifts us. So with that, I say that I am here for you. Dallin is here for you. Heavenly Father is here for you. And you have the power. Love each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to hanging out with you again next week.